Party Kaylee, Celtic music from across the globe and across town. I'm Dave Baghdad, and I'm so glad you could join us. On tonight's show, we'll pay tribute to the life and legacy of fiddler Buddy McMaster. Thanks for being here. This program was made possible by support from the Celtic Colors International Festival and Nine Irish Brothers. Cade Mila Falcha, you're very welcome here for the 65th edition of the Kitchen Party Kaylee. I'm your host, Dave Baghdad, and we have a great show for you. Some things you may know and a lot you probably don't. Our programming this week is made possible by the Celtic Colors International Festival, as well as Nine Irish Brothers in Indianapolis. Tonight is the third Friday in October, and that means, of course, that it's Theme Third Friday. We've been very Cape Breton intensive the last few weeks, and we're going to wrap that up now by paying tribute to the legendary Cape Breton fiddler Buddy McMaster, who passed away in August at the age of 89. In fact, tomorrow would have been his 90th birthday. We're going to hear from those who knew him, and of course, there will be lots of great music featuring Buddy and some of his compatriots. Buddy McMaster was born on October 18, 1924, in Ontario to Gaelic-speaking parents from Cape Breton. When he was four, the family returned to the island and settled near Judic. His father was a fiddler, and Buddy took up the instrument himself while still quite young. His first professional job occurred when he was 14, and over the next 50 years, he performed at house parties, square dances, and other events all over the island while working a day job with the Canadian National Railroad. It wasn't until he retired from the railroad in 1989 at the age of 65 that he recorded and released his first record, Judic on the Floor. Let's have a track from that album right now. We'll hear a march, memories of Patti LeBlanc, into a Strathspey, Lord Alexander Gordon, into two reels, the Marquise of Huntsley and Howder Gone, on which he's backed by John Morris Rankin on piano. We'll follow it with some live music from Buddy, recorded at a festival in Cork. But first, here's the memories of Patti LeBlanc medley on the Kitchen Party Cayley.
Live music from Buddy McMaster there, including Ora the Moor Among the Heather, The Laddie with the Platty, Miss Gordon's, Lady Mira McKenzie, and The Lasses of Stewarton, recorded at the 1993 Cork University Traditional Music Festival. This comes from a fascinating album called Traditional Music from Cape Breton Island, which came about when a whole bunch of Cape Bretoners were transported to Cork for this festival. Buddy was back there by Hilda Chasen on piano. Before that, we had a march, Memories of Patti LeBlanc, into a Strathspey, Lord Alexander Gordon, into two reels, The Marquis of Huntley and Howder Gone. This comes from Buddy's first album, Judic on the Floor, which he recorded at the tender age of 65. Two years after that record came out, Buddy's niece, Natalie McMaster, recorded her second album, Road to the Isle, at the tender age of 19. Not surprisingly, she included some of her uncle's tunes, and we'll hear a jig set right now, including Jimmy's, A Buddy McMaster Jig, and Conic Men Rambles, also featuring John Morris Rankin on piano and Dave McIsaac on guitar. Here we go with A Buddy Jig on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. Thank you. 
Natalie McMaster there, playing some jigs associated with her Uncle Buddy, including Jimmy's, a Buddy McMaster jig, and Conic Men's Rambles. This comes from Natalie's second album, Road to the Isle, which came out when she was 19. I had the chance to speak with Natalie recently about Buddy McMaster, so let's give that a listen right now, exclusively on The Kitchen Party Kaylee. Buddy McMaster is obviously somebody whose legacy is tremendously important to Cape Breton music, but you are obviously in a much different position to assess that, having grown up with him. Talk a little bit about your early relationship with Buddy and how much of an influence he was on your music. Buddy has had more impact on my style than any other fiddler. Buddy McMaster is, in my own personal opinion, well, he's my favorite. He's been my favorite forever. And I go through different phases where I listen to, you know, different players and different styles. But I always rediscover him every time I listen to him. I rekindle just the mesmerizing love and want of his music. And a lot of people think that he maybe taught me or was, was my fiddle teacher. And I suppose in one sense he very much did, but not in traditionally, as you would think, you know, sitting down, me taking weekly lessons from Buddy. It was more for me just dissecting his cassettes. And these were not recordings from studios. These were house parties and, you know, organized sessions and square dances and things from around the island, anywhere from the 50s into the 80s. That's when I was like his music from the 50s. I wasn't born in the 50s. 1972, thank you. But I just would press stop, rewind, stop, rewind, stop, rewind, and pick up little, just anything that was of buddy style. And a few times when I couldn't figure things out after really trying, buddy would often visit our place and play tunes, and I would ask him questions. Find out what he was doing here or there. And he'd explain it to me and he'd show me. And he was a wonderful violinist, but even more so than that, he was an absolute gem of a human being. And I think the thing I've learned from him most, and I've learned a lot from fiddling, I think I've learned the charity of your gift, your obligation to give back what you've received. Because certainly Buddy, who was the most amazing fiddler, he gave his music so freely and willingly and generously and happily in an incredible capacity. Like, he would play shows, you know, he'd play at the Inverness Gathering opening ceremony in the morning one day, and then later that afternoon he'd play at a four-hour pub session, and then that evening he'd play for a four-hour square dance, and probably traveling a number of hours throughout the island to get to these places. So he worked hard, and he gave hard. Well, those of us who are fans of your music and Buddy's music are very grateful for the fact that almost a decade ago, the two of you actually did an album together. And you mentioned those tapes. And from what I understand, it was listening to one of those tapes that made you want to put that record together. Yeah, because so much of the time when we prepare our music for studio, we change a bit what we do. We try and polish things and make them a little nicer and fancier and sweeter and smoother, and that's excellent, and we all do that. But there's another real fantastic element to the tradition, which is just the reality, sitting on stage or sitting in someone's home and just playing and sweating and loving it. And, you know, that is hard to capture in the studio. And hearing all the old buddy tunes, 
ones that were so common and maybe he never recorded because he wanted to pick more unique tunes for CDs. So I, I really wanted to take those typical buddy tunes that were so common and get him playing them on, on recording. My chat with Natalie McMaster, in which she discussed her Uncle Buddy and his legacy, and it's Buddy McMaster to whom we're paying tribute this evening. Our programming tonight is made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers, the new pub and restaurant open at 575 Massachusetts Avenue at the corner of Mass Ave and East Street in Indy. In addition to fine food and drink, they have live music, Irish only, Wednesdays through Sundays. Every Wednesday is Dimitri Alano and his colleagues. Thursdays feature Whiskey Runner, and this Saturday, October 11th, they'll have Hearthfire. If you'd like more information, the website is nineirishbrothers.com. Let's hear some more rare music from Buddy now, a track called the Step Dance Medley, consisting of two Strathspeys, a traditional one he learned from Joey Beaton, and then John R. Fraser playing after 100 followed by two reels, Miss Charlotte Alston-Stewart and the Prince of Wales. This medley was recorded especially for a collection called the Cape Breton Connection, and I don't know if it's ever been played on the radio in the States. Let's give it a listen right now on the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
Buddy McMaster there with the step dance medley consisting of two Strathspays, a traditional one, and then John R. Fraser playing after 100, and then two reels, Miss Charlotte Alston Stewart and the Prince of Wales. We heard from Natalie McMaster earlier in the program. Now let's hear from another musician who knew Buddy McMaster well. On Route 19, the main road which runs through Judic, there sits the Judic Community Hall, and right next to that is the Celtic Music Interpretive Center, a place where I've enjoyed a lot of music and bought a lot of CDs over the years. In addition to being a tremendous music resource and performance space, the center is home to the Buddy McMaster School of Fiddling. Alan Dewar, a brilliant piano player, who we've heard on recordings from Jerry Holland, among others, is the musical director of the center. I called him to schedule an interview to talk about Buddy McMaster's legacy, and he suggested we talk right then. We're going to hear this chat in two parts, separated by more great music from Buddy. Let's hear part one right now on The Kitchen Party, Kaylee. So the Celtic Music Interpretive Center at Judic has the Buddy McMaster School of Fiddling, and obviously Buddy was from that area. Could you talk a little bit about your thoughts on Buddy's legacy and how the program at the Celtic Interpretive Center got to be named for him? Buddy was a person that never was hesitant to give up his time. Buddy actually lived two doors over from the center here, so he was quite relevant to the area and to what we did. When you look at his musical legacy, uh, Mm -hmm. like I said, he always was giving of his time, and that resonated with a lot of people because he would would show up somewhere and play for a wedding or an anniversary or a funeral and go play a dance until the wee hours of the morning. And at the same time, back in the day, he was working full-time as well, so he was one of these people that always considered the music that he had a gift, and he always wanted to share it with people. So as time went on and he traveled a little more, it was music that really hit home with a lot of people. It is a folk music and a traditional music, and in saying that, it's something that people play because they want to. Uh, You don't play for fame and fortune. So he always was able to touch a lot of people with his music, and when we were starting the fiddle school here, Buddy's name is synonymous with fiddle music of this area in Cape Breton, but having him so close by, it was an easy decision, I guess, to come up with that. So at the time, Ken Beaton was the director, and he approached Buddy uh, to see if we could call it after him, and he was very honored and happy to be able to take some part in being able to maybe share some of this music with people that come from locally and from all over the world. And as uh, I've been here since 2009 as music director, and we've literally had people from everywhere. We have returning students from Japan. We've had people from Denmark, all over the U.S., the lower 48, and Alaska, all over Canada. We've had people from everywhere. So when you look at the, the impact that his name has brought to the people wanting to attend the school, it really kind of reaffirms our commitment to, to wanting to make sure his legacy does continue, I guess. Well, you've mentioned his generosity, which is something that I've heard over and over again about how he never wanted to say no to anybody, and he was so respected because of his willingness to give of himself, whether it was to a student showing how to play something or just to show up at an event and play. But what about his music? What is it about his fiddling that really helps ensure his legacy? Well, more than anything, he was versatile. He was a person that you could go to a concert and be completely moved by his playing. He could play slow airs with feeling. He had a lot of really internal feeling in his music, but he was really well known in this area as a dance player. And that really cements your legacy as far as the locals go. He pretty 
pretty much single-handedly kept the Glencoe Mills Parish Hall and the parish itself operating for decades by being the house fiddler for the Glencoe Square Dance. That happened every Thursday night, as far back as I can ever remember, and before lots of tapes from the old days. So his music, when he played it, around here he's known as the King of the Jigs. And in this area, the square sets have the first two figures are jigs. So right off the bat, he was kind of a, a master at being able to get people off their seat and up to day on the dance floor. So it was his swing, it was his tunes. He had an incredible repertoire. He was always learning tunes, and he was a little, or I guess you could say cagey in his ways. People would ask him where he got his tunes, and he would ply, oh, I got that on a book with a red cover. You know, he never completely devolved it at first, you know, but he was incredible at finding tunes. He made friends everywhere he went. So when he would come back from Scotland or someplace in the U.S. at a fiddle camp or, or something, he always had something new. So he, he stayed current, but yet he was very rooted in stuff from the old tunes and that stuff that was familiar to people. He would never turn you down for when you would ask him to play a tune. If somebody had a request, he'd make sure he slipped it into the set. And people remember you when you do that. It's interesting, kind of a, from an outside perspective, when you compare him with fiddlers like Angus Chisholm or Winston Fitzgerald, guys who were really kind of there at the beginning of the recording of Cape Breton Fiddlers, the fact that Buddy didn't make a record until he was 65 years old when he retired. And he had to be pretty much talked into that as well. Again, uh, he, he knew his value to the tradition and he knew, I would say, how good he was. But again, his motive for doing the playing was to play. It wasn't to perform. So, you know, I've known Buddy since the 70s, I would say. And he was always a guy that would show up at a house party and he would play. And, you know, and when somebody else played that may be learning or may not be an A-list player, uh, he always found the good in what they did, and that translated when you would see him. You know, he just had a good heart with doing something like that. So when it came to actually recording, they came fast and furious after that, but overall his ability to kind of hold out gave him a little bit of respect as well because he wasn't in it to make a bunch of money and sell a bunch of albums and stuff like that. Alan Dewar there, talking about the musical legacy of Buddy McMaster. We'll hear the rest of this interview in a few moments, but now let's have some more music. We'll go back to the 1993 Cork University Trad Festival for a medley featuring Buddy and Carl McKenzie on fiddles, backed by Dave McIsaac on guitar. Let's check out Glen Gary's Dirk, Rothermerch's Rant, The Braes of Ochertire, The Braes of Glencoe, The Bonnie Lass of Fishero, The Bird's Nest, and Caberfane, right now on The Kitchen Party Cayley.
Live music from Buddy McMaster, Carl McKenzie, and Dave McIsaac. Glenn Gary's Dirk, Rother Murch's Rant, The Braze of Ochertire, The Braze of Glencoe, The Bonnie Lass of Fishero, The Bird's Nest, and Caberfay. If any of that sounded familiar, we heard Angus Chisholm play the second, third, and fourth tunes from that medley on last week's program, as recorded by Angus during his first session in 1935. What we heard just now was from 58 years later at the 1993 Cork University Trad Festival. We've been talking a lot about Buddy's legacy this week. Let's hear again from Alan Dewar about what's going on with the Buddy McMaster School of Fiddling at the Celtic Music Interpretive Center in Judic. And so now you are doing what you can to continue his legacy through the program that's named for him. Yes. For those of our listeners who are not familiar with the Buddy McMaster School of Fiddling, tell us a little bit about how that works and some of the fiddlers that you've brought in to work with the students. Well, it's kind of real epitome of what we are for music in this area. This kind of music is considered a solo tradition, so unlike the Irish music that a lot of people are familiar with, the players generally play by themselves. You don't see a lot of session playing or bands. So that being said, it's really helped foster a development in a lot of people to be their own player. People don't necessarily sound like the person next to them in the seat. So in saying that, the concept of school is to encourage people to be individuals and to give them exposure to all of these different players. So the instructor list for the week includes 10 different people. So say, for instance, on Monday, we have a morning session and an afternoon session. So there will be two instructors for that day. The students will get one instructor in the morning, and then they'll flip over and get the other instructor in the afternoon. At the end of the day, you're going to get all 10 instructors for the week. They are a terrific group of people. As far as instructors go, that have been all over the place. When you look at international touring, but also people that are well-respected as dance players and general players in this area. So on Monday, we have Shelly Campbell and Maddie Rankin. Shelly's a terrific dance player. 
player. People will say she has a lot of Gaelic in her music. Maddie Rankin is from Mabu. She plays in a band called The Outside Track. Colin Grant and Rachel are both in a band called Coik, which is kind of catching a lot of the festival scene by storm. Both younger players. Uh, Colin is very well educated in music, learned a lot of music from Sandy McIntyre. Rachel is from the Bedeck area. Kimberly Frazier and Andrea Beaton are on Wednesday, and Kimberly, in fact, was the artist in residence for the Celtic Colors International Festival last year. She has attended Berkeley in the Boston area for music. Very well educated, but also a terrific local player. She's from Sydney Mines. Andrea Beaton is one of the Beatons. So her father is one of the Beatons from Mabu, and her mother is Buddy McMaster's sister, Betty. So she has a close tie genetically to a lot of music in this area. Wendy McIsaac and JJ Chasen are on Thursday. Wendy is Ashley's first cousin, so she has a terrific background in music. She plays with Mary Jane Lamond on a regular basis. They're touring the U.S. now. J.J. Chasen is from the Chasen family in Surrey, Eastern PEI, but they have a very close relationship to the music here. I've known their family since the early 70s. Fantastic players. J.J. plays pretty much every instrument. Friday, we rounded out with Glenn Graham and Troy McGilvery. Glenn's mother is Ken and Beaton's sister. Troy McGilvery has made a name for himself internationally, Canada, U.S., and all over Europe as a fantastic fiddler and piano player. So all of those people are the instructors for the week, and we were kind of kicking that all off this Thursday night with a concert with all of the instructors in it. We call it the Master's Concert. So anybody that's in the area gets an opportunity to see what these people are capable of playing, and it's a lot of fun, and they kind of get to bounce music off of one another. And So when you look at the ability for somebody to learn that week, it really does give you an insight into how the music works. Like I say, you foster the growth of the person as an individual player. You don't really have to sit there and gather up all your thoughts on your own. There's there's a lot of interaction with the people. The majority of the teaching is considered kind of by ear. For most of the people around here that play dances, you won't see them put their music out on a stand or anything when they're playing. It's pretty much everything is in their head. There's lots of great music up there that helps people kind of really kind of learn this tradition, I guess, and we're very proud to be able to do that. We have people all sides of the music that are able to be really encourage people to experience this music, you know, like I say, we're not competitive, it's not a type of music where people are going out and trying to one-up the other one, it, it's all about just enjoying and sharing the music, and that, I guess, kind of ties in closely to the way that Buddy treated the music as well. He was the first person to share what he did, and because of that, we're able to continue that legacy. So if somebody were to want to become involved, where could they go for more information? Best place to go would be our website, Celtic Music Center, C-N-T-R-D. And there's links right on the front page under our fiddle and education links. And that'll take them to our website where they can register and register per day or you can register for the whole week. When they register, they're also provided with lunch for the day and they get a book that has all of the tunes in it that the instructors have submitted to teach that week. Uh, Students are encouraged to record the audio from their class so they can take it home and follow up on it. And if you want to get a little bit of a better feel of what the music is, if you're not 100% familiar with it, we've now relaunched Cape Breton Live Radio, so it's online streaming of over 50 shows. People can kind of get an experience of what the music sounds and its natural environment. It can really give you some enthusiasm to to learn the music and do what we do every day and kind of enjoy the, the culture. Well, Alan, thank you very much for your time, and we are certainly looking forward to visiting the center during Celtic Colors. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time of your day to, to learn more about what we do here. We welcome everyone. Thanks for having me. 
That was part two of my chat with Alan Dewar, the musical director of the Celtic Music Interpretive Center in Judic, Cape Breton, one of my favorite places to visit. Alan mentioned Cape Breton Live, a site which warehouses some amazing live music recorded on the island. In 2005, Natalie and Buddy McMaster recorded an album together. I've played tracks from that previously, and while I could give you another one right now, I think instead we'll have something from the CD release party, which took place on August 28, 2005 at the Judith Community Hall. And I'd like to thank Cape Breton Live for making this available for free download. Natalie and Buddy are backed here by Buddy's sister and Natalie's aunt, Betty Lou Beaton, on piano, and Dave McIsaac on guitar. We'll hear some jigs. The Little Pickle, compliments to the Boys of the Loch, the Canadian Club, and the Champion. We'll follow that with some amazing hornpipes from Buddy. But first, here's some great live music, the Little Pickle medley from Buddy and Natalie on the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
listening to the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
You are listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee. That was Buddy McMaster, backed by Howie McDonald on piano, with a set of hornpipes in the key of B-flat. The second star, Tom Marsh, and compliments to Doug McPhee. This set comes from Buddy's album, The Judic Flyer, which came out in 2000 when he was 76 years old. Before that, we heard Natalie and Buddy McMaster as recorded in 2005, eight weeks before Buddy's 81st birthday, a live performance to celebrate the release of their duo album. We heard some jigs, The Little Pickle, compliments to the Boys of the Loch, the Canadian Club, and the Champion. We're getting near the end of our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to having you join us again next week. I want to thank our sponsors, Nine Irish Brothers in Indianapolis and the Celtic Colors International Festival. Reach us by email at kitchenpartykaylee, that's all one word, and Kaylee is C-E-I-L-I-D-H, at gmail.com, by Twitter at at KPC underscore radio, or through our Facebook page. You can find podcasts and playlists from all of our shows at iTunes. For our final track this week, we'll hear an air from Buddy McMaster, the Bonnie Lass of Headlake. Until next time, I'm your host, Dave Baghdad, and I thank you for listening. We'll see you here again on Friday at 8 p.m., right after the Hog Eye Navi show. Slan Ogat.
You've been listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee on WITT 91.9 FM, Indianapolis Community Radio. This program was made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers and the Celtic Colors International Festival. We hope that you'll join us again next Friday at 8 p.m. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is written, produced, and hosted by Dave Baghdad and was recorded at EMAS Studios in Broad Ripple. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is a fortnight production. Thanks for listening.